0: This is The Mudroom, Uncommon Sense Parenting Classes with your parenting coach, Alana Robinson. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hey everyone, welcome to The Mudroom, our weekly free and live Uncommon Sense Parenting Class. My name is Alana Robinson. I'm a parenting coach for parents of toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners, and I help parents just like you understand why your children are misbehaving and how to fix it without yelling, shaming, or timeouts. I am your host here on The Mudroom. I also host the Parenting Posse Facebook group, hence my Instagram handle, and I host the Parentability program where I help parents raise well-behaved kids of their own so a lot of us are having to make some very tough choices about what to do about our child's care right now or our children's care right now um things are opening back up in some places they're closing back down because of case spikes and i've been getting just tons of emails and dms about like how How am I supposed to make this decision? I'm seeing posts in the parenting posse about it. Somebody just posted about it this morning. Um, We've talked about it in parentability. In every other parenting group I'm in, there are just tons of posts about it. So today, I I thought that I would walk you through some of the factors that I think parents should be considering when making a decision about whether to send your children back into care. Or to homeschool or to virtual school or send them to school whatever your options are i'm not going to tell you what to do though because one that's not my role as a coach i'm not here to give you the answers i'm here to support you through considering your own options and make a decision that you at the very least feel at peace with generally I am all about, you know, being 100% confident and excited about our decisions. I think that's a bit of a reach in this case though. Um, I think most of us are very firmly between a rock and a hard place. So we're just gonna shoot for at peace here. Let's start with the factors that we need to take into consideration when making a back to school decision in 2020 because this year is unique. There's a lot of factors to consider and no two families are going to be able to make the exact same decision. We're all hanging out in the same storm here, but we aren't all in the same boat. So what are we going to be evaluating? First, we're going to be talking about prevalence. How prevalent is the virus in your area right now? What are the projections of prevalence? What's the risk of transmission? Second, we're going to be talking about viability. So viability covers a lot. It covers finances, but it also covers logistics. Third, we're going to talk about health and safety. What measures and precautions are being put in place, if any? And finally, we're going to consider mental health and developmental health. Which of our options are going to keep us sane? Which of our options are developmentally appropriate for our kids? So prevalence. How prevalent is the virus in your area right now? What are the projections? You're going to want to look at active cases published by your public health authority, obviously. How many cases there are currently? How many are resolved? and you're gonna wanna keep up with those numbers. Now, those numbers aren't complete. They're likely going to be at the very least a couple of days out of date, and they only represent people who've had severe enough symptoms to warrant getting tested. COVID doesn't seem to have like an MO. (laughs) It, It seems to really affect Some people to a horrific level and then for other people it's like they have a sore throat and you know a a minor cough so assume that those numbers are likely a bit higher than what the data actually shows why is this important because it gives you a good idea of how common it is in your area what the risk of it being transmitted to you or to your child is Obviously, the more dense your population, the higher your incidents are going to be. So this gives you a bit of a bead on how easy it would be to be exposed. In my area, personally, we currently have no active cases. Nobody's hospitalized. We've had, I think, under 50 cases total. So the prevalence in my area is pretty low. Second, I suggest looking at the viability of your options as I said this covers a lot when you do this do not go into it looking for the holes just yet okay it is so easy especially because these are decisions we don't want to be making it's so easy to kind of go into how is this not gonna work that's not going to help you find your viable options okay don't go looking for the holes just yet Go into this looking for how can we make this work, okay? The holes are going to make themselves very clear pretty quickly. But start by looking at your finances, the time you have available in the day, your schedules, your work flexibility, all of those things. The extra people that you have on your team. For those of you who have kiddos with special needs, you're gonna be familiar with the concept of having a team. But for those who don't, you likely aren't. The people who are on your team are people who play a supporting role to you and your family and who are available to you and your family. So like personally, my husband and I have my parents on our team. They're able to provide some form of support. Both my parents are retired. My dad has offered to do some teaching for us and so has my mom. My sister-in-law is a teacher. She's able to provide some form of support in the form of advice on schooling, she's on our team. Our babysitter is part of our team. She's been in our bubble. So whoever makes up your team is going to be very individual. And write down who is on your team and what kind of support they can give you. So like for us, my sister-in-law teaches in a city that's two hours away. She can't be like here providing childcare or tutoring. I wish because they don't have any kids yet. (laughs) But she can't, she's too far. But she can guide me on what subjects I need to teach my first grader. She can suggest resources for my kindergartner. She's more of a logistical support, whereas my sitter is more physical support. I can have her come over and care for my kids. I have a couple of my son's friends who have also been isolating to the same level that we have. And we've kind of been talking about, you know, how could we maybe move the kids around so everybody gets a little bit of flexibility. They're on our team. They're part of our team. And in this section also goes your finances. How does this option or that option create or deplete finances? Can you afford it? And finally, look at logistics. Can you make this work with the hours that you have in your day? Who is going to do pickup and drop off? What are the requirements for pickup and drop off? Like, are you going to have to get like full on hazmat suit PPE'd to pick up your kid from daycare or to drop them off to daycare? How much time is that going to add to your day? And is it going to compromise your ability to get to work on time? Is that okay by your boss? Do you have the flexibility in your work to do all of these things at these times? time is a huge factor and i think many people are starting to come to realize that it's a very precious commodity how much time is this going to take and do i have that time available can i make that time available if we drop something else can that time that freed up time become available so that we can make this option that is in other ways more favorable work so there's a lot of things (laughs) a lot of questions that need answering and that unfortunately aren't super clear answers. Third is health and safety. What precautions are being put in place at your daycare, at your school, at your workplaces? And are you comfortable with that given the prevalence that you've identified? If not, is there a way that you can take personal precautions? You know, like is everybody, able to strip down on the front porch, you know, clothes go into a garbage bag down into the washing machine and everybody comes in, has a shower and, you know, that's how you're going to keep it out of your home. Or does having to take that level of precaution completely eliminate this option because it's completely untenable? This one really sucks because it has the potential to ruin an otherwise really viable option, but it's one of the few things that we actually have the most control over. And if you don't have the answer to this, start asking questions, ask your school, ask your daycare, ask your babysitter, ask the people who are on your team. You know, it's it's one of those things that we actually have a lot of control over it can make some of the biggest difference, but it also kind of sucks because it can also just like completely ruin everything. And finally is health, mental health. Can you manage this option without feeling like you're walking a tight rope and that everything is like one misstep away from going to hell in a handbasket? How long do you estimate that you can sustain this option comfortably? Okay, that might mean mental health wise, that might mean financially, that might mean logistically. What precautions could you put in place mental health wise, that could make this option more sustainable. What support from your team would you need to make this option sustainable? And can they actually provide that? Right? Like you might consider somebody to be on your team, but when you actually check in with them, Hey, can you provide me with this kind of support in September? They might be like, no, I don't have the spoons. So, Make sure that you check in with your team to make sure that who you consider on your team, they also consider to be on your team. And what is the backup option if this preferred option suddenly becomes no longer viable due to strain? Like what happens if you have to pivot? And for our kids, which options are developmentally appropriate? What measures are reasonable and do you feel that your child can reasonably cope with? How are the staff going to be handling it? Our children's mental health is really, really important. And we need to consider if, for instance, our daycare is suggesting that each child stay in a six by six box all day, what the effect of that on them is going to be? And is it worth it? Or like, if you have an infant, what spending 10 hours a day with adults who have half their faces covered could do for their social development? I'm not gonna get into my specific concerns about You know what the effects of these care situations are doing for a child's development this week Um, we'll talk about it again maybe next week maybe the week after we'll talk about it soon but it's something to start considering and if you have specific scenarios that you're weighing please consider taking it to the posse and we can kind of talk it out there how i've been processing all of this information has been with a notepad of sticky notes I have been using a different color for every option and at the top I've been putting one question on each page and just kind of bullet pointing the answers that I have. And I've actually taken over like a whole wall in one of our hallways with this and they're just like in columns (laughs) because I'm both a very visual and a very kinetic learner and I needed a place that I could physically organize my thoughts. If you're more of like a notebook person or a computer person, you might prefer to organize your thoughts in a binder or in a folder or using a program like Notion or OneNote where you can create more running documents. Um, There's no real right way to do this, but consider your learning style. And I really encourage you to actually write down what you're thinking, whether that's on the computer or physically writing it down. Often we can't see viable options until we have it down in black and white in front of us. It also makes it a lot easier to collaborate with our spouses or our co-parents or our sitters or anyone like that. Like my husband can walk by my wall of post-its and see the questions that I don't have answers to and start considering them on his own. And he can even go in with a pen and add his input without us necessarily having to sit down and have any huge discussions just yet. We will at some point have to sit down and decide what we're doing. But at that point, we should both have our input for each of those questions on the sticky notes. Um, And we'll have a good idea of kind of where we stand. One of my big open questions for homeschooling was, who's gonna teach my first grader math? I'm not good at math. Numbers make no sense to me beyond like basic addition and subtraction. As an adult, I started the process of getting diagnosed with dyscalcula because I just don't think that, <laughs> that there's any other explanation for how bad I am with numbers. So if we choose to keep our boys home and homeschool them, I am not the person to be in charge of teaching math, even though I am the person who is going to be home with them because I work from home. And so, you know, that was a big question for me and that was on the wall and then my dad offered to teach math which is great so we put that down um but we only see them a couple of times a month so you know under viability that had dad can teach math but will he do it over zoom will he visit every weekend how can we make that work and then my husband walked by and added like okay if if your dad can do it a couple times a month then I can do it, you know, in between. I can pick up that slack. Great. We can talk more about it when it's time to choose a lane and stick to it. But that's a point in the column for making homeschooling slightly more viable. So what should you do? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. Only you can make that decision. I don't even know what we're going to be doing yet. Every day new questions come up and the viability con... Columns are like constantly changing. The mental health columns are constantly changing. Personally, I have to consider the military and the demands that it's putting on my family as well in all of those columns. Um, What happens if my husband gets deployed suddenly? So there's many things to consider. We have to keep in mind that we're not chained to any one decision. If any of the large factors that you've made a decision on change, you can change your mind and switch tracks. Right? And that's probably a good line item to put down too. How easily can I implement this or change course from this? Right? How easy is it to pivot? For those with kids in school, look into their policies and how hard it is for you to pull them out if you, you know, put them in right now. Or how easy is it to say, you know, okay, some risk factors have changed here. We've seen a spike in cases. I was okay with my kids being in school under these circumstances. Those circumstances have changed and now I want to pull them out and do virtual schooling or homeschooling. How hard is that going to be to switch? Or if you have kids in daycare, how much notice do you need to give them that you've changed your mind? And will your spot be held? Well, (laughs) I hope that was helpful um, and gave you some ideas of how to make a decision that you can at least feel at peace with If you want to chat about it more let's continue the conversation in the parenting posse the link is in the description of the video i just ask that when we're discussing these things in the posse that you frame your question as what factors are you considering for x or how are you making y work versus are you sending your kid back or not because that's too general and you should not be basing your decisions for your child based off of what other people who live all over the world are doing or are not doing. So keep your questions on options and factors and perspectives versus decisions. Okay, that's all I ask. I will see you next week for another Uncommon Sense Parenting class. Bye. You've been listening to The Mudroom, Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us live every Wednesday afternoon at 1pm Eastern, 10am Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share and connect with us in the Parenting Posse Facebook group. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.